Welcome to Asshole Court, the podcast where a group of lifelong friends choose a controversial public figure and examine their history through available public records and various publications to determine if that person is as much of an asshole as the general public suspects. The 11-point scoring works like this. On the low side, a score of 1 equals an asshole rating equivalent to Mr. Rogers, and on the high side, a score of 11 equals an asshole rating equivalent to Hitler. Pre-show asshole scores are given, and at the end of the show, after all information has been laid out, all three judges will give their score. The subject's final score will be the average of these three numbers. Just a reminder, our judgment has no legal weight, is strictly an opinion, and is subject to change at any time, especially in the case of new evidence. It shouldn't be taken seriously, so just don't. The 1980s produced a metric ton of action movie heroes, some of them significantly cooler than others. And on this episode of Asshole Court, we're going to talk about one of them, Steven Seagal. Odds are, if you have a dick and are over the age of 25, you've probably seen a Steven Seagal movie. It may have been his early blockbusters like Mark for Death, Hard to Kill, or Under Siege, or his later straight-to-DVD fare like the entirely forgettable Kill Switch or Born to Raise Hell. And if you're anything like me, you might have initially found Seagal's penchant for snapping bad guys' arms or ripping out throats to be both hilarious and entertaining. But after a couple of hours of Seagal playing the unstoppable tough guy who horrifically maims every bad guy that gets within smelling distance of him, the act quickly wears thin. Then you have to look at his never-ending squint, his slimeball ponytail, his weird-ass outfits, and his shitty, shitty acting. And you start to realize that Steven Seagal may be the lamest of all the 80s action heroes. But does being the action movie equivalent of Florida butt rock make you a bad person? Are you an asshole just because your entire persona and filmography are the equivalent of those god-awful Rose Art crayons? Is there more to Steven Seagal than being a studded four-length leather trench coat in human form? That's what we intend to discuss today on Asshole Court. All right, so uh, let's start off with the initial scores. Hot Rod, what you got? All right, man. Steven Seagal, a classic. So detail-wise, don't know a ton about you know his last 15 years because like you said in your intro, I watched a couple 80s movies. But my thing was I was more of a Van Damme guy than a Seagal guy. So yeah, I know with his, yeah, with his ponytail and his overall kind of asshole attitude, he wasn't a very likable person just from the outside looking in. I uh, don't know much about his, you know, personality. I know he's a huge environmentalist. I've seen some of the crap he's put up in his movies. Um, but <laughs> overall, <laughs> you pick like the best feature about him and you're like, shred it. Shit. <laughs> shred it like yeah. he shreds the he's guitar. He's all about like helping kids and shit. <laughs> but, you know, he hasn't killed anyone. And for all I know... To that extent, I'm going to give him right off the rip. Let's go 4.5. Okay, 4.5. Buddy, what you got? All right, so I didn't watch a bunch of his movies growing up back in the 90s. He had this kind of just pretentious asshole style that it just wasn't very appealing to me. I, like Randy, also went a little bit more with John claude And, you know, if we're talking about martial arts, even Jackie Chan and stuff like that more so than Steven Seagal. So... 
just the way that he comes off and just that attitude that he has for a lot of his movies, he just seems like a bit of a jerk. So I'm going to jump off and give him a 5.2 as an initial asshole score. Okay. And my thing is his movie career peak was right at the time that I was a giant martial arts nerd. When I was a kid, like I spent every weekend watching like Bruce Lee movies and stuff like that. I had like a pair of black pajama pants that I would wear around the house and try to do splits and karate kicks. And my sister was always like, you are such a fucking dork. (laughs) Yes. And she was right. But any action movie that came out, I was watching, including Van Damme. Yeah, I saw Hard Target. I remember it. Nice mullet, Van Damme. Remember that? <laughs> but I, so I saw yeah, I saw all of Seagal's big movies and he still I wasn't a big fan even then because I like I liked Bruce Lee and Jackie Chan and those guys. But don't get me wrong. When he rips a dude's fucking throat out and under siege, I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> that being said, every personality trait that he has is abhorrent to me. It's just the worst type. So I don't think he's killed anybody. I think Randy pointed that out. So I have to be realistic with my score. And I'll my initial score was probably, I don't know, around a five. All right. So initial score is 4.5, 5.2, and 5.0. All right. Well, let's get into Steven Seagal. Let's nice. Fact. Steven Frederick Seagal is born in Lansing, Michigan on April 10th, 1952. I phrase it that way because mostly due to Seagal himself, his life before fame is tough to pin down with any certainty. If you listen to Seagal himself, you'd believe that he grew up running rough and tumble in the streets of places like Brooklyn. But if you listen to his mom, Stephen spent the first part of his life as an asthmatic little bitch in the suburbs of Detroit before moving to Fullerton, California. Yeah, Yeah. she said he was a bit of a wuss growing up until he made it out there to California, right? Yep. Quote from his mom, Pat Seagal. He was a puny kid back then. In Fullerton, Seagal claims that he was a tough street kid, quote, some kind of a crazy gangster. But those around him said that he spent most of his time alone, holed up in his garage, playing guitar. (laughs) (laughs) If he had that ponytail then, I could totally see that. 80s, ponytail, acid rock, fucking bullshit. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Not, Not a tough street kid with a ponytail in the 60s. And was Fullerton that no, gangster? Yeah, this then? Was, I don't know. I no, so Fullerton was back just, then was in uh, LA. Was like those homes; those are all bedroom communities, bro. They were just straight up. Those suburbs. are the suburbs. Yeah, it is true though that he did begin an obsession with martial arts around this time. According to his mother, uh, Young Seagal spent a bunch of his time with a nice old Japanese man at a dojo in Garden Grove. It's very karate kid ass. I was about to say, what is yeah. his name? Like Pat Morita? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's from Reseda. Yeah, Miyagi Do Karate. He said, oh, Seagal, if you want to learn, you must wax on and whack off in front of me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that sounds pretty cool. Don't do it. (laughs) Drop those uh, Aikido pants and let's see what you're working with, Seagal. That is definitely not an old Japanese man accent. (laughs) That's where you got That was Pat Morita's accent, right? Like in real life. That's where you got the idea for Hard Target. Yeah. (laughs) The Hard Target was Van Damme. Oh. But yes. Damn. On Deadly Ground, that's where he spilled his seed. (laughs) Uh, Yikes. Yeah, sorry. Maybe cut that. It's under siege from a young age. (laughs) Ooh. So... Apparently, the, this nice old Japanese man uh, convinced Steven Seagal to move to Japan. Now, the point in time in which Seagal leaves for Japan is also pretty murky. So it's kind of like Karate Kid this Part really, 2. Yeah, this really is <laughs> yeah. Karate Kid. Like, <laughs> right? like, it's true. Seagal started working on Bonsai. He yeah. hooked up with Elizabeth Shue. Oh, and he, then, he met up with the guy in the town, and they had an ice chopping contest. 
in some bootleg Japanese shop. That is, yes. yes. That was one of the cooler scenes of that movie, honestly. I agree. That really was. Beside from the fact of Mr. Miyagi cutting through a telephone pole. Oh, man, yes. <laughs> he did. I forgot he, about that. He flat-handed broke a telephone pole. Remember, and it was of his, his enemy, but who became That's his friend. He was right. like, Miyagi, save me. <laughs> Miyagi. Yeah. He was like, let me die. He was like, you will not die. Don't you I think mean, that, if, I mean, honestly, the force, like this is just basic physics. The force <laughs> that comes through with a flat-handed karate chop that cracks a telephone pole is going to crack kill. his sternum. Yeah. Yep. Hey. Oh, my dress. Physics <laughs> back in the 80s were different, all right, it's than they are right true. now. You punch my luck, Miyagi. That's true. Yes. At least a little doo doo's coming out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, got me again. <laughs> oh man, it is. It's Karate Kid too. That's <laughs> fucking hilarious, man. Um, what if Steven Seagal actually wrote the Karate Kid, but then it was stolen from him? Like one, two, and three. It was really like an autobiography. Right? Yeah. Exactly. But, exactly uh, what I'm gonna write a movie of my life. Yeah. And I'll star a young kind of stud. Hey, so what's his name gonna be? He's like, it can't be Steven. That's too. Generic Stevenson. What about Daniel? Daniel. That's a pretty generic white guy name. And I'll make him Italian. Yeah. Yes. He. That's the thing. Yeah. I mean, Seagal is first hard to kill or whatever. He played a fucking Italian name like Nico or something. That's right. Yeah. We'll get into that in a second. That's right. That's right. Now, uh, the point in which Seagal actually leaves for Japan is pretty murky. He claims various times, depending on the interview, anywhere from 1968 to 1973. And this wouldn't be such a big deal. Hell, I mean, we all forget specific details on stuff like that years later. But the problem here is that another claim that Seagal trots out regularly. See, Seagal has consistently claimed to have studied under Morihai Uyashiba, the actual founder of Aikido, mm. the particular martial art that Steven Seagal is black belted in. I think that's, is that, you say black belted in? Is that? Yeah, it's got some kind of like, yeah, like different a, term to yeah. it. Like, his, it's what he's, it's what he's good at. I've got of my arts. fucking black belt in it, bro. I've got like, Two black belts. I picked them up at Kohl's last weekend. <laughs> One's uh, reversible. Yeah. Brown and That's black the only belts. way to buy a belt. Why are, belts that are, why are there belts that aren't reversible? Anyway. A purple belt would not be reversible. <laughs> Maybe with orange. Prince is like, I don't even need another belt. All right, but here's the important piece of information about Morihai Uyashiba. He actually died in 1969. So uh, some journalists... When he was 17 years old? Yeah, that's a, some journalists from People Magazine dug into the student files on Steven Seagal at Fullerton College, which this also brings up something funny. Do you think Seagal pledged to a fraternity? Maybe. <laughs> like imagine him getting blacked out drunk doing keg stands and like trying to impress it. Everybody's like a keto move. This fucking guy's heavy, man. <laughs> Jesus Christ, he's bigger than the other guy. He guys. got real drunk and tried to break my wrist. <laughs> we initiated him on the spot. He's he like, pulled the broom out like a fucking tie stick and started swinging on everybody about 2 a.m. He's like, you know how small those fucking kitchens are in, a, in an apartment at a college dorm? He thought he was fucking Donatella with a bow. <laughs> He's like, lighten up, man. Just, just clearing some dishes out, bro. <laughs> I bet everybody fucking hated him, dude. There's no way they didn't. But anyway, all right, so the records show that Seagal was enrolled at Fullerton College from 1970 to 71, the time in which he would be about 18 or 19 years old. So it's highly unlikely that he was like 16 years old, training with the Aikido master, and then decided to return home for like, I'm you know, state college. student, man. <laughs> You never heard of an exchange program? <gasps> Let's exchange saliva. That's what he was saying, like chicks at a, the drunk party, you know? Like, oh yeah, I'm sure we're gonna get dive oh, yeah. into that. 
Yeah, he was. That was where he was practicing at, apparently. But an actual student of Uyashiba's from 1961 to 1969, Terry Dobson, who himself is an Aikido master, says that Seagal's story is basically bullshit. He says he'd never heard of him before Seagal's Hollywood breakout. Hmm. Either way, in 1974, Seagal had returned to California where he met his first wife, Miyako Fujitani. She was in Los Angeles from Japan teaching Aikido, and she says that Seagal pursued her aggressively. Come here, How girl. aggressively? I mean, uh, like an arm bar. It was like, you will fuck. You will tap out or suck the dick. It's, we're going to go to dinner next Wednesday. She's like, I don't respect that this is sexual assault, but I do respect that arm bar. So let's get married. And I like Golden Corral. <laughs> they were like Golden Corral in the 60s. <laughs> I don't even understand the context of that joke. Instead of strip poker, they were doing strip judo. You know, yeah. Like. Oh, Kimura. Uh, so they have two kids and they move back to Japan. Now, Seagal likes to make a lot of hay about how he was the first non-Asian to open a dojo in Japan. But that's apparently bullshit, too, because that dojo was actually his wife's family's. Yeah, so, he just went to work there, right? Yeah, it's like a guy that you know that married the daughter of a car dealership owner who gave him like a sales job coming to you and bragging about that he owns like a Toyota dealership, right? What a douche. Yeah, as much as uh, Seagal apparently wants to be Asian, goes to Japan. Yeah. My theory is that this is when he developed the eye squint. Like he was just... Oh, yeah, good yeah, call. It was like a physical uh, manifestation of his desire to be Japanese. And then it just stuck. So that's why if you ever see him, he's just always squinting like the sun's shining right in his face pretty much. So kind of like Randy the Macho Man Savage kind of pulled off that whole persona like, whoa, yeah! I don't think Macho Man ever turned it off. Yeah. Dig it! (laughs) (laughs) His was just ice winning the whole time. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't think he realized it. Macho Man looked like a fucking crazy person with his bandana off and his sunglasses off. Yes. Because he was balding with a mullet and his eyes were actually really big. Yeah, Because he was probably... Under the influence. Well, it's very possible. Possibly. Well, the saddest Allegedly, thing was, was seeing his driver's license picture after he died. And I was like, who's that old guy? Randall Savage. Yeah. I was like, no, where's fucking watch him? I thought he would be driving down in the Jeep with a fucking like madness shirt. And it's just, <laughs> the guy was wearing like some shit from like an action shot oh, for his driver's license photo. He had, he had like a fucking chaps button up. Dude, I can just imagine him riding down the fucking highway in a Wrangler. Yeah. With his full pink and black and green like neon tights oh, and his yeah. wrestling boots on with his sunglasses yeah. and his hair just flying in the wind. Yeah, dude. And his, he's uh, just talking in the Jeep to himself. Can you imagine pulling up next to him or whatever and he's like looking at you like to race or dig it, bro! <laughs> Snap into a Slim Jim. <laughs> that was... <laughs> you want some of this, brother? You can't handle the macho man. That was the best uh, <laughs> endorsement deal of all time. Slim Jim, like... Oh, man, they knocked it out of the park with that. I don't even eat this processed bullshit, but they'll pay me. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> when, <laughs> starting to sound more like Don King. I was about to say you were going Don King there. <laughs> anyway, during his tenure as resident white guy Aikido instructor in Japan, Seagal claims that he instructed CIA agents and himself did work for the organization. Mm. From an interview in 1988, quote, you can say that I became an advisor to several CIA agents in the field and through my friends in the CIA, met many powerful people and did special works, and special favors. It sounds like his whole life is a movie. Yeah. And his mind it is, I think. Oh, it definitely is <laughs> in his mind. 
Yeah, I mean, nobody knows for sure. CIA won't comment on this, but everybody that is aware of the situation is like, that's total horseshit. There might have been an agent in the dojo at some point, but maybe, I don't know, you know, just yeah. throwing it out well, there. Well, I'm sure he, that there was probably some interaction, but like the way he's talking about, and the way he phrases it too, is saying that he did them like special favors. The CIA is like, Stephen, can you please help me take out these Yakuza? Which is one thing he said. He said that they, they fought a war against the Yakuza in Japan. Like in the Grand Theft what? Auto? Yeah, 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 yeah. Wait, like the Yakuza and Grand Theft Auto? Yeah, yeah. That's the, awesome. The, yeah, it's, uh, it's, I didn't know that was a real thing. Yeah, it that absolutely is, yeah. Yakuza is very serious. All right. So while he was allegedly helping the CIA, he also managed to have a couple kids who, according to his then wife, Miyako, quote, don't have any memory of him as a father. I don't doubt it. Something yeah. tells me he was a very absentee father. Yep. And that's likely because it was during this time that he was traveling back and forth between Japan and Taos, New Mexico and L.A., where he was setting up Aikido dojos, likely <laughs> built off the reputation of the lies that we've already covered. I was making my way around the globe, setting up my empire, mm -hmm. you know. How could I be expected to be with my kids at that time? Yeah. And it's at this point, while still married to Fujitani, that Seagal extends his travels to a place called Pound Town. With then <laughs> what? what? Going to Pound Town. <laughs> with his then superstar, uh, or with then superstar oh, oh, Kelly he LeBrock. Going, he was going to Pound Town. Oh, okay. Kelly, oh, I, yeah. thought I thought that was like an actual yeah, destination, the way that was. <laughs> yeah, that was supposed to be a joke. <laughs> well. Got we me. ruined yeah. that one. Yeah, it's all good. But uh, yeah, he uh, visited Pound Town with then superstar Kelly LeBrock of the Weird Science fame. Nice. Oh, yeah. Bro. Yeah. yeah. Wasn't she also of the Pantene? Don't hate me because I'm beautiful. It's possible. Yeah. I, I mean, she was a huge okay. star at this point. Like nice. A-list at that point. I might right? be getting them confused. It's, so, you know, it's all good. It's Pantene. It's, it's the 80s. Maybe it's Maybelline. Maybe she's born with it. She's born with the Steven Seagal, Steven Seagal, Steven Seagal's dick in her mouth. Steven Seagal, Steven Seagal, like Ed Gein. So this tryst makes me ask the question, what does Steven Seagal's sex face look like? I mean, the guy has like literally one expression 24-7. Look at all of the movie posters. It's the same thing. Like somehow equal parts intense, blank, and also confused like a half squint i mean uh, does the man have any other expression or do you think that kelly lebrock is riding his jock and is wondering why he seems so serious all the time he's kind of like a human t-1000 in regards to emotional state yeah. and uh, yes you know what i mean so imagine banging a terminator uh, <laughs> that would be excellent though. there's no way it oh, wouldn't be awesome oh yes you'd like this so much <laughs> the t-1000 can extend his dong as long as he wants the girth changes at will and he never finishes man you could, <laughs> yeah no you could look at it and make it gel into whatever you yeah. want you could go double prong <laughs> it's true you know though. what i'm saying t oh, dude, you could go one in the pink Two in the yeah, stink. Yeah, no, two in the stink. T1 yeah. in the pink, T1 yeah. in the stink. Oh, and, and then put a little zapper on top, you know, yeah, for I, loving. There's, there's no way that the T1000 shouldn't have just been an excellent sex bot. Man, if he did porn, think about it. He yeah. would be the meister. You know what I mean? Like the quintessential <laughs> yeah. porn do think, guy. Do you Dude. think the money shot would look like mercury, like silver shot? Just <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And then and then come back together in a belly button. Yes, yeah. It just it forms back into his body. Yeah, give him that extra inch. Exactly, blow one on her back, and all of a sudden it just puddles back up and seeps back into the tip of the dong. Dun, 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 dun. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm done that's now. how he fin- when he finishes. It's just the Terminator break. Dun, 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 dun. Lisa Connor comes. <laughs> Lisa Connor comes from around and like blows his head off right oh, afterwards. She looked like a hooker, man. That oh, shit, oh, man. Maybe she looked man. like a, a dirty Florida skank. <laughs> <laughs> shit, that was James Cameron's wife. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for whoever. No, I'm it's like. all right. It's hilarious. She kind of looked like Steven Tyler a little bit. Yeah, with I can that see mouth. That. It's the mouth when you have those cheeks and that mouth. Yeah. You know what I mean? She could probably put 50 marbles in her mouth, I bet. <laughs> yeah, like I said, I was, I yeah. was about to say, yeah, I kept fairly clean. Yeah. There you go. Because we stay clean here on Asshole Court. Yes. Can't be tainted. <laughs> so Seagal knocks up Kelly LeBrock in 1986, and that is how his then-wife found out that they probably shouldn't be married anymore. Now, because Seagal is slapping skins with the famous Kelly LeBrock, he's able to hobnob with a bunch of celebrities in the mid-1980s. Very likely wowing them with all the bullshit we've heard so far. Hang on. How do you think Steven Seagal has his uh, pube shaved? Like into an arrow or just no, like I manscaped think he's, or he's, totally he's, he's clean. bald turkey? Yeah, yeah, he's totally bald. He tans. He tans. Okay. There's no, so there's no looks tan like a porno line. star maybe. Yeah, pretty much. Interesting. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He, stand, he looks in the mirror constantly. He stands when he gets out of the shower and looks in the mirror for 30 minutes. I bet now oh, 100%. Kinda, yeah. yeah. Slapping his dong around a little bit to get it a little bit. You know, if he's like, get he the is, juices flowing, yeah, yeah. sized up, and he's like, yeah, Well, yeah. I, I bet in the 80s he did, but now I bet like South Park had him. He yeah, he probably can't see his dick. That's <laughs> <laughs> very sad for him, you know. But I, uh, but he's got plenty of like the mirrors, like in the dojo at his house, oh, so, you know, like all around. Yeah, if, oh. there's, if there's any movie star that has a mirror above his bed, it is fucking Steven Seagal, definitely. Oh, man. But I like to imagine Steven Seagal getting coked out with, like, Mr. T. Listening oh, to, man. Yeah. That would be awesome. Listening to, like, Flock of Seagulls and Seagal is all like, so, T, check this out. Did you know that I was, like, part of the real A-team? Oh, yeah. We did all that stuff from your show, man. But in real life, in Japan, I fucking killed people, bro. Believe that shit. I bet Mr. T was like, hey, Steven, man, you think I can punch you in the stomach as hard as I can? You can take it. I mean, I would, but uh, I right, let's let's go outside. No, man. no, hold on. Uh, uh, just not not today, T. Uh, I uh, I gotta shoot tomorrow. Yeah, I gotta shoot. Mm, <laughs> PA, let me pop him. <laughs> that was uh, that was Mr. T. I character. punch myself and I pity the fool. <laughs> I punch myself. Oh, I man. want you to punch me. When I think about you, I punch myself. <laughs> oh, I punch myself. <laughs> Oh, man. So, anyways, using his network of friends, Seagal ends up getting some stunt work in movies and eventually morphs that into his first big feature, Above the Law. Dun, dun, dun. Yep. The movie costs only $7 million to make, and it brings in $19 million, and Steven Seagal becomes a Hollywood action hero. I got paid, bitch. Yeah. They love that. If you can shoot a movie for cheap and make money, you're a fucking winner in Hollywood. So. Oh, yeah, for sure. He follows that up by starring alongside Kelly LeBrock, his uh, girl, you know, in Hard to Kill, in which he plays L.A. detective, check, check this name out, Mason Storm. Who, oh, and, man, that is a poor name if I've ever heard yeah. one. And Mason Storm is hell-bent on getting revenge for the murder of his wife. It's classic 80s action, plot, name, everything. To be honest, if you think about it, I swear to God, there was like one guy in the 1980s who was writing action movie scripts, and he's just like... All right, the dude's wife dies, and he's got to take out those guys and avenge his wife's death with his bare hands. I also need to make a movie that includes a beach scene, a scene with a bad guy beating another guy up. Yep, and a uh, dance scene. A dance scene, 
a love triangle, lots of sun and good times, montages. Yeah, a lot of arm breaking. And go. It, that's it. He just, I mean, that guy was just cranking them out. Hard to Kill cost about 11, to, uh, 11 million to make, and it makes 50 million in box office receipts. Damn, that's a pretty good return on that. Yeah. He's doing well his first couple of movies. Yeah, Steven Seagal is straight slaying it, bro. Marked for Death is next. Cost 12 million. Box office, 58 million. Jeez, man, that's a, that's some pretty impressive numbers for back in the nineties, especially. Oh, you know, this is, yeah, it's like yeah, 80, 88, 89, 90, 91 is prime time Steven Seagal. Steven Seagal fever sweeps the nation. He's such a big star by nineteen ninety one that he gets picked to host Saturday Night Live. Uh oh. And it makes perfect sense, right? Because Steven Seagal is obviously a very funny guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure his comedic timing was perfect. Oh yeah, dude. By the time he arrives for rehearsals, it's pretty obvious that the fame is beginning to get to him, though. According to multiple sources, Seagal was not only a black hole of humor, sucking out the energy of anything even close to funny, but he was also very difficult to work with. David Spade said that Seagal was easily the worst guest host of his entire experience on SNL, stating, quote, he was a little tough. He was actually tough and he was tough to work with. It was hard. He did not want to play along. And David Spade has seen a ton of dudes. Oh, yeah. Life, oh, 100 percent. I mean? Especially yeah. back at that time. And think about all the crap people that they put on Saturday Night Live. Oh, and yeah. no offense to the show, but I, it is what it is. Sometimes the host, I'm like, who was that? Yeah, it's true. Like, why would you pick Steven Seagal? He's not he's just not a funny guy. There's never a funny moment. And even Jean-Claude Van Damme could kind of break out of his shell and yeah. be funny. And even now today, he's even funny. Those fucking Tostitos commercials are great. Yeah, he's recognized what he is. And yeah. he's, he's accepted it. And that's, you know. Steven could never do that. Cannot though. do no, it. No. Uh, in fact, to point that out perfectly, Bob Odenkirk, you know, Better Call Saul. He was a writer yeah. for okay. uh, SNL yep. back then. And he recalled pitching a, a sketch to a confused Steven Seagal where he wanted Steven Seagal to fight Hans and Franz. Remember the... Oh, yeah. Kevin oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We're here to pump you, you up. Exactly. And Steven Seagal said, I've never seen the show. I don't know what you do here, but if I do your sketch, I have to beat them up. Wow. Yeah. So even in a little like, egotistical, a yeah. little bit, he could never be seen losing to anybody. No, no. It's There's something wrong with that guy. Even like, on a comedy show, exactly. he couldn't be seen losing to anybody. Yeah. David Spade uh, said that it was the first time he ever heard about uh, replacing the host and doing just a cast show. Oh, like, wow. Going hostless. Cast member Julia Sweeney talked about one of the, quote, hilarious ideas that Seagal had for a sketch. She said, quote, he had this idea that he's a therapist and he wanted Victoria Jackson to be his patient who's just been raped. And the therapist says, you're going to have to come to me twice a week for like three years because he said, that's how therapists freaking are. They're just trying to get your money, man. And then he says that the psychiatrist tries to have sex with her multiple times. Oh, my God. Uh, what the fuck, man? Yeah. Can you imagine being like a comedian and having to work with this guy? And they're like, that's your pitch, dude. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, hey, really? A, that's not funny. B, that's fucking illegal like hey why? check this out i got this real just... cool fucking thing man we're gonna rape this chick and yeah. make it try to seem funny i'm sure all the writers were like dude send him back to the trailer we'll call him when it's time for his for yeah. a skit oh, no like, get him the fuck out of here yeah they hated him dude nobody liked that guy nobody so how the hell do you leave cheese off a ham slider <laughs> i bet during the fucking lunchroom he was even bitching about shit oh yeah what kind of catered lunch is this where's my protein bowl yeah that's what i can't remember who it was but they were like it, he didn't seem to understand that you can't call someone a total idiot and then try to work with them like an hour later you yeah know? no Tim meadows yeah that's right Tim meadows that's right didn't somebody come in and like maybe like a year later or something said something i believe it was nicholas cage he came onto the show and was like 
man, I'm probably the worst host ever. And Michael Lawrence got on and was like, Lauren Michael. Lauren Michaels. Yeah, yeah. Lauren Michaels. And he was like, nope, that was Steven Seagal. Yeah, Seagal was banned. Wow. Yeah, he was totally banned. They're like, to come back. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It didn't matter if the next Seagal movie cost a, a million to make and it made a billion dollars. <laughs> They're like, we'll never bring that guy back here. <laughs> so that's it. So Seagal's appearance on SNL is a horrific experience for everyone involved, but the general public doesn't know this, right? Seagal's star power continues to grow. He allegedly begins taking advantage of this fame in another way as well. One Hollywood executive has told how she was sexually harassed by Steven Seagal as a budding actress on the set of his 1991 movie, Out for Justice. The exec, who asked not to be named for fear of repercussions, said Seagal lured her to his trailer for a costume change, then propositioned her by phone, crudely demanding, you are uh, not comfortable sitting on my face for an hour? Whoa, oh my god! Hang the fuck on. All right, so at this point... He's done really well, money-wise, movie-wise, career-wise, starting to get to his head. Mm -hmm. And you see this so often in Hollywood where they start to become, you know, I don't want to say they think they're better than everybody or untouchable or whatever the case may be. But this is where the whole U2, I mean, it's a lot of Hollywood just, they seem invincible or they think they're invincible. And this is where they start. Going, yeah, going going astray when it comes to they the feel right like wrong it, of how to treat a woman. They know it's a it's a power move. They can make someone's career, and so they recognize that and they leverage that power to please themselves. That's what the problem is in a lot of these cases. Is you know these guys are it's again it's very cynical. Just like I I know it doesn't even matter if you're enemy, I can make your career. So you're just going to go ahead and that's one of the things that I never really understood because I mean these guys are powerful. They're famous. And they could probably bang pretty much. They've got their pick of the litter. Yeah. But they go after these like actresses. And maybe it's, you know, that whole thing of like trying to bang the most popular girl in high school or yeah. something like that. But Usually I've never really high. understood that. I think it's a power play. Yeah. Honestly, it's just being like, this is who I am. This right. is what I can do. Again, yeah, that invincible, untouchable, I'm mm-hmm. successful. Look what I am. Look what you can be. Mm-hmm. You know, it's fucking sickening to me. Bullshit. Yeah, it sucks. So, but another interesting thing happens on the set of Out for Justice. See, there's a stunt man that he's working with on the set. He's uh, coordinating stunts, and his name was Gene LaBelle, or is Gene LaBelle. Gene LaBelle's still alive. Uh, and in the stunt and combat world, judo Gene LaBelle is a fucking legend. While on set, Seagal was apparently bragging to anyone and everyone that there was not a man on the planet who could get him to submit. Judo Gene was apparently more than happy to take Akito Steve up on that offer. Nice. Yes. They grappled for a moment before Gene dropped a rear naked choke in on Seagal. Locked in, Seagal responds in the most badass of ways. First, he tries to punch LaBelle in the balls. And when that fails, he goes unconscious. And finally, he pisses and shits on himself. Yes. (laughs) Buddy, didn't you have a like a similar story or something? I remember you telling me this one time, I think. So a wedding that I went to, there was this guy that had just started. Well, maybe not just started, but had been taking karate lessons or judo lessons, whatever it is. He had been taking it for maybe like a year and a half or two years. This guy's very egotistical. And he was like, there's no way that anybody could ever choke me out. There's no way. Like, I've already been through a 100 different people trying to do this and it, it could never happen. We had a buddy at the wedding that had, you know, he was like a seventh level black belt or, you know, whatever it was. And he was like, and this guy's like 55 going up against a guy that's, you know, like 32 or something like that. He's like, I could make you tap out. And the guy was like, there's no way you could ever make me tap out. And he's like, no, I could totally make you tap out. But this isn't the place. This isn't the time to do that. He's going to be polite about it. He was trying (laughs) to, you know, but basically saying I could make you tap out. 
And the guy was like, no, there's no way in the world you can make me do this. And he just kept on pressing the issue and kept on pressing the issue. Finally, my buddy was like, all right, you know what? In a little bit, we'll go up to the hotel room. I'm going to put you in this one move and I'm totally going to make you tap out. So we get upstairs and I'm not really well versed in these, you know, moves. Right. But he gets behind the guy, kind of puts his left arm up underneath his throat yep. and kind of grabs his, you know, locks in place with his right arm. Rear naked, naked choke. Yep. All That's right. It. And so the 32 year old, he's just sitting there. He's like kind of squirming a little bit, squirming a little bit, you know, but he's got that bravado look on his face. Sure. Like, I'm going to get out of this. And all of a sudden he starts, you know, kind of like going crazy. He's like, and the 55 year old guy's like, just tap out, just, just tap just out, call it, just do it, <laughs> just do it, man. You know, you've been talking your big game. How red was his face? Oh yeah. man. It was like a goddamn gala apple. Right? <laughs> like, I mean, it was fucking beat red. And then all of a sudden he just fucking goes limp. And I mean, this guy's been getting fucking hammered at the wedding the whole time. Right. All of a sudden you hear this. Oh, no. <laughs> Motherfucker shit his pants. Oh, that is uh, classic. That's classic. Yeah. I mean, and and but this is the kind of mentality that you're dealing with, yeah. the, with these kind of guys. It's a full release. Uh, release! <laughs> yeah! That's it. His entire body just went limp, including his asshole. One, his sphincter went limp. Everything. everything. I mean, like, and then he wakes up like five minutes later, like, what? 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 Where are we? What? What? I didn't tap out. We were like, no, you shit your fucking pants. Was there a, right. was there a stink? Oh, there was a huge fucking stink. <laughs> oh, God. What do you expect? It had to be. Yeah, you should have. What do you so. expect? Oh, I can imagine the, uh, the tux return. <laughs> <laughs> There's a $5 fee for doo-doo in when you get choked out by fucking a fucking man. Fucking $105. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. Oh, uh, it was rough. But God damn, it was one of the funniest things I've seen. That's at a, a great story, buddy. It's very true. Seeing a dude uh, get choked out and do to themselves, it does happen. So I wonder if the UFC guys ever shit themselves. There was a rumor that De La Hoya shit himself during a fight one time. Interesting. That's why he didn't get choked out, but, you know, a little dude who comes out, I imagine. But, yeah, so what's great is uh, Gene LaBelle apparently commented that Seagal must have had a big old meal before the event. <laughs> <laughs> I love it when they're that cocky and then that happens. I mean, oh, yeah. that's, that's poetic justice. Absolutely. At its finest. Yeah, and on a similar note of Seagal biting off more than he can chew, apparently old doo-doo pants Steve once made a comment <laughs> that he could beat anyone, anytime, anywhere, including guys like Bruce Lee and Chuck Norris. These comments managed to piss off actor Bob Wall, a guy with a high-ranking black belt and plenty of tournament experience. Wall legitimately assembled a team of champions of different martial arts disciplines and put out an ad in publications like Black Belt Magazine challenging Seagal to face them. That's awesome. Yeah. Nice. Yes. They paid money to do this shit. Like, good money. <laughs> Dude, I'd pay money to see this. Right? Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. Well, surprisingly, Seagal never took him up on the offer. And when he did finally run into Wall, the word is that he offered up an apology rather than a bone-shattering armbar. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, he's... honestly, in asshole court, positive piece, right? Right. Yeah. Overall, yeah. Oh, instead yeah, yeah. of fighting the guy, right? Overall, uh, eat a little bit of crow and net net positive, right? Overall, it's, no. It's better. I feel like you just shouldn't talk shit. Absolutely. Yeah. But he that led up to it in that moment. He did the right thing. Yeah. You're getting your ass beat 12 times in a row. <laughs> yes. After the third one, he's like, all right, dudes. Like, I'm we're, good. Not, we're not done with you yet, Steve. It's like a gangbang of ass whippings. <laughs> it is. It is. 
It is. You can sell that video, dude. <laughs> Straight up. Make gang. lots of money. Gets his ass beat 12 times in a row. There's just a bunch of, like, in those gangbang videos, there's some dude standing in the back, just beating off. This guy just fucking throwing punches, just waiting for his turn. 12 cuts, one guy. <laughs> and he's just beat to shit in back. His face is bombed out. I'm up next! Yeah. His nose is smashed. Uh, another time, Seagal trash talked Randy Couture and said oh that he, yeah, he said he'd fight the MMA legend as long as there were no cameras, crew, or any way of documenting the fight whatsoever. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I would stab the man. Yeah. Anyways, Wait, I would stab the man. <laughs> I'd cut his head off with a samurai sword. He said I would probably shit my pants. Wait, no, that's my brain thinking. <laughs> All right, out for Justice Nets, Hollywood Studios, another $25 million, so, you know, it's all good. Following out for Justice was Seagal's biggest hit ever, Under Siege. Under Siege. Yes. Under Siege. Budget was $35 million. Box office, $156 million. Whoa. Man, that's big numbers that's for the 90s. Steve. Yeah, he was running it. Under Siege would ultimately prove to be the high-water mark for Seagal's career. His next movie, On Deadly Ground, which he produced, starred in, and directed, was a total dud and actually lost $12 million. Shocker. So his first masterpiece is a dud. Directorial debut. Yeah. Yep. Seagal was actually nominated for the Worst Actor Razzie Award, and he won the Worst Director Razzie Award. Nice. He's been nominated for eight. I actually think he's won eight of those Razzie Awards. There's no way he hasn't. His movies are just total garbage, man. I Like I said, if you want to enjoy a Steven Seagal movie, just go to YouTube and type in Steven Seagal snaps arms and there's probably like 50 <laughs> clips of him snapping arms and that's all you need to see because the rest of it is total trash. I believe that there's something like 37 movies of his are not rated on Rotten Tomatoes yes. because there hasn't been enough people that have watched it mm-hmm. to even secure any rating yeah. on Rotten Tomatoes. Well, one of his whole things is direct a video. Like his yes. whole oh, yeah. thing is direct it, make it, and put it straight out on video. No, yeah, yeah and put, sure. And I, I guess they release some of them worldwide theatrical. Yeah. Well, there's always going to be people that are going to watch it. I guess you know. And if you weirdos over in right, Serbia, yeah, they do. They love they him. Over love there. him. In they, Serbia. they love him. It's like, he's like well, Hasselhoff in Germany. He's, yeah, yeah. But what's funny is, I mean, he takes himself so seriously that there's a story that a producer walked in and Seagal was reading a script and was like legit crying, and he was like, "What's are you all right, Steve?" And he was like, "I'm just." Oh, this script is so amazing, man. It's just, it's, it's just moved me. And he's like, that's oh, awesome, Jesus. man. He goes, who wrote it? He goes, I did. Oh my, oh my God. God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Damn, bro. Yeah, man. All right. So yeah, he wins the Razzie Awards. Like you said, multiple ones. Worse still, actress Regina Simons claimed that Seagal invited her to a rap party after the production of the movie On Deadly Ground in 1993 and then reportedly raped her. Ooh, oh, man. man. Nothing funny about that. Nothing funny about no. that. Uh, but let's pause here to note some of the allegations of Steven Seagal sexually assaulting women. Hang on. This is all alleged, right? It is it is alleged. But where there's smoke, there's fucking fire. Usually. Under siege of my sexual harassment. <laughs> I, was, I was just thinking that. I feel under siege right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Portia de Rossi, the wife of Ellen DeGeneres, wrote, My final audition with a Steven Seagal movie took place in his office. Uh-oh. Yep. He told me how important it was to have chemistry off screen as he sat me down and unzipped his leather pants. Well, leather pants? Of course they're leather oh, pants. Of course leather pants. This is absolutely the beginning of his porno, he thought. Oh, yeah. It worked sometimes. I'm sure it did. Oh, yeah, I'm sure dude. it worked a bunch of times, yeah. unfortunately. 
Allegedly, uh, allegedly. Allegedly. Now, in all fairness, maybe this stuff didn't happen. And if it was just one incidence, then, you know, you, you could probably pass it off and be like, who knows, dude? And before we go too deep, I do want to throw out there, just the CYA, Steven Seagal is absolutely, um, he's made more money than I have. He's been more successful than I have. So all the shit that we talk, obviously, comes in uh, context of this discussion. So when we talk all the shit, you know, obviously we recognize the guy's yeah. been successful and, and made it. But a it doesn't matter any level of success that you get that if you're going to sit there and do this to women at any point. Oh, yeah. without a doubt. Yeah. Like, no, the women, the women thing is bullshit. Yeah, yeah. like he, he can't beat up Gene LaBelle, but he will beat my ass into the ground. And that's totally fine. I mean, I totally recognize that. This isn't supposed to come across as like, what a pussy, dude. Steven Seagal would actually snap my arm. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. He I, is a certified badass. I would but, be more than happy to have Steven Seagal snap my arm because, like I said, I want some of that under siege money. Lawsuit! That's right. Net worth 16 million. Come at me, bro. <laughs> Actress Julianne Margolis said Seagal preferred private auditions for all of his movies. At the age of 23, when Margolis arrived at one such audition and discovered no casting director was present, she got nervous. And when Seagal walked into the room flaunting a gun, she fled. What? Flaunting a, a gun? gun? Yeah, yeah. Model Fabiola Dottis. guns made. Yes. A lot of them, actually. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, we'll get into that for sure. Model Fabiola Dottis, I think that's how you pronounce it, claimed that Seagal sexually assaulted her when she was 17 back in 2002. Based on this accusation, she actually ended up filing a report with the police in Los Angeles. She's only 17. Oh, man. That's... 17. <laughs> yeah, actually, he seemed to like uh, young chicks. And here's an exchange that a then 43-year-old Seagal allegedly had with a then 16-year-old Catherine Heigl on the set of Under Siege 2. He said, you know, Katie, I got girlfriends your age. And she said, isn't that illegal? <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> and he said... They don't seem to mind. Oh, yeah. dude. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, like I said, these are all allegations to be sure. Uh, we're not saying he definitely did this stuff, but there does seem to be a pattern here. Didn't uh, Jenny McCarthy also say she something about him? absolutely did, yes. Oh, wow. Yeah, there's way more. I just There's so much to cover on that front that I'm just like, we're going to address that and then sort of move along because it's just, it's a ton. Yeah, it's so just too you, much. If you have an interest, go look it up. There's like, I think 20 chicks that are saying it at this point. Jesus. So. It's one thing where one chick says something, maybe two, but I mean, right. there's a line out the club door yeah. of, you know, like people saying that he did this. That's, yeah. It's the, the Cosby thing. Everybody's like, nah, dude. But then you're like, well, that's like 60 chicks that are saying this happened. <laughs> right, right. And, and, and there's an MO, the way that it was done, right? And it's the and same the thing play, with like you yeah, said, yeah. power play. And Total Seagal power was the same way. He would have a. I need you to come over to my house and audition for this with nobody else over right. here. Right. Yeah. It was never in my bedroom special. with my leather pants off. <laughs> He's a leather. I, Seagal sleeps in leather pajamas. <laughs> there's just no way he doesn't, right? My balls are constantly sweating. My chap ass is like no other. Anyway, Seagal's box office numbers remain in the shitter after On Deadly Ground. He manages to continue making a living with mostly amazingly shitty straight-to-DVD offerings that apparently only truck drivers watch. Seriously. Now, my dad actually worked with distribution companies that filled up a lot of those gas stations that had a lot of those kind of movies in it. And surprisingly enough, those movies sell like fucking fire. Oh, yeah, that's you want to know why? Because people are getting their faces punched in, and then there's a little bit of titties that, you know. So true. It's a great combination. Those movies make a lot of money. Well, yeah, they, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's a perfect channel for him because, like I said, seriously, 
every time that I'm on the road and I stop at like a Flying J's or Loves or whatever, there's like a DVD collection that is legit, like 65% shitty Seagal movies, right? It's like truckers with Call of Duty headsets waiting on showers, a low rent Best Buy, like electronic <laughs> section and fucking Steven Seagal movies, dude. That's it. And those movies fucking rake in at the bank. They, they absolutely do. But it's still not as obviously it, this isn't under siege money. So perhaps sensing that the well was running dry on his action hero status, Seagal would eventually switch to his second love. Nope, not lying. Kung Fu pajamas or creeping out female co-stars. His second love was music. That's right. Yes. The guitar, to be more precise. In 2005 and 2006, he releases two albums, Songs from the Crystal Cave and Mojo Priest. Mojo Priest. I like Moho Pork at Publix. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I never know how to order that. Is it I Mojo wanted, Pork it, it, or no, Moho? It is Moho it's definitely pork, Moho. But I feel pretentious saying Moho Pork. I'm like, it's Mojo <laughs> Pork. But if you say Mojo Pork, then they're like, what was that? I'm sorry, say it correctly. Right. One more time. Well, I'm like, you know, the, just the pork that's right there, please. They're like, say it. <laughs> say it. Yeah. I didn't know there was a, he was going to name an album after uh, the great sandwich of Publix. But yeah. Uh, yeah, Moho Priest. Mo, yeah. <laughs> Maybe Mojo Priest. I, I, I don't know. I think it was a knockoff of like the doors like Mojo Rising. So I'm pretty sure that he considers himself like the Jim Morrison of now. So I'm going to say. shitty blues, oh, I'm sure reggae music. Like, well, yeah, yeah. yeah kind of like rock reggae slash oh, yeah, blues. He, he, yeah. You've got to listen to some well, of that's what music. It's like. So Seagal, he plays the guitar and he sings and he also writes his own lyrics. And I just to give you like there's plenty of stuff on there on YouTube. You if you want to check it out, it's well worth it. But let me just give you a lovely sample of those incredible lyrics from a song called "Strut," off of that was a uh, songs from the Crystal Cave. Me want the punani, see for make nice, baby. The way you walk is so hot. Let's have a shot of rum, then I can make you come with me to the ocean. That would be fat. You can be my bow cat. Nice ital breeze, bring you to your knees. We jamming. All right. Is he a fucking samurai rapper? Uh, honestly, like he loves to appropriate different cultures. It's just the way it is, man. He loves Jamaican culture. He loves Japanese culture. Yeah. He does love when it comes to the music. There's a lot of songs on there that are, he's trying to be like fucking karate Bob Marley. Oh, dude. It, <laughs> yes. No, absolutely. Lollipop. Yeah. Lollipop is a straight reggae song where Steven Seagal is singing like a Jamaican. Yes. And most of his other stuff sounds bluesy. Mm-hmm. And and I will give him a little bit of credit. Like he's some of the he's, stuff is, is all right. Like he's some, technically talented. Some of the some of the comments on the, on the videos are like, "Oh, he sounds like Eric Clapton." I'm like, <laughs> "Well, see, I, the I mean, thing that he does is that he plays with his thumb a lot, which actually inhibits him being able to really go off on the guitar solos and stuff I like that." I bet he does play with his thumb a lot. <laughs> <laughs> we jamming. Do you guys know what the name of his band was? Uh, wasn't it Steven Seagal and the and the cock rings or something? Thunderbox. Oh, that was a beautiful fucking name. I love Thunderbox. that. Thunderbox. I love that. Yes, the name of his band was Thunderbox. I mean, is it AKA Lightning Pussy? Yeah, I was about to say it's like box is a term that only people that are over the age of fifty <laughs> use for pussy, and so I can totally see Steven Seagal calling it like Lightning Pussy. But yeah, so <laughs> Steven Seagal. If you go back and watch his initial movie, he really loves Italian culture. In fact, he claimed to be Italian. And when they interviewed his mom, she was like, that's insane. He's not I'm, Italian. <laughs> I'm going to smoke a blunt in my kimono while <laughs> making spaghetti. He has a bulletproof kimono. 
Are you Whoa. kidding me? A yeah. Kevlar kimono? He has a full-on bulletproof kimono. And then there was another time where he went to the Academy Awards. And I think this was in 96. And the guy that he hired to do his tuxedo said that it was completely absurd because he made him craft a tuxedo around double pistols that he carried <laughs> for the Academy Awards. In case the shit pops off. You know, I ain't going out like Tupac. No, it's true, man. So... Uh, yeah, so anyways, uh, enjoy uh, the lovely songs from uh, Crystal Cave and Mojo Priest. We don't have the money to buy the rights to play this shit. I, I wish, wish we, we could. Yeah, yeah, it is insane. Technically proficient guitarist to an extent that he's probably as good as like your uncle that hangs out at the guitar shop every weekend. <laughs> but other than that, like you heard the lyrics, man. The guy said that would be fat. He is 60 <laughs> years old. He does have an impressive guitar collection, though. Well, yeah, no shit. Yeah. He's loaded as fuck. You know, he's got a guitars. good guitar is like 10,000 bucks. He's got guitars from B.B. King, Stevie Ray Vaughan, and Jimi Hendrix, just to name a few. Okay. Oh, well, I'm sure uh, that they're real happy with that. They're all dead. All of them are dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're rolling over their graves. Can you imagine Jimi Hendrix? You're like, hey, man. That guitar that you lit on fire. <laughs> hey, well, check it out. We sold it to this fucking douchebag karate guy. I'm sorry, a keto guy. I should, some karate people will be like, hey, man, that's not our guy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so look, man, yeah, his, his lyrics are definitely on Bob Dylan's level. You know what I'm saying? Um, Absolutely. Around 2007, sensing that maybe the music thing isn't working out for some reason, he puts out his own energy drink called Steven Seagal's Cherry Charged Lightning Bolt. Lightning Bolt. Touring and quarrying and all the main <laughs> ingredients that you need to make your day solid and it's kung just, fu like. It's described as a sizzling nutraceutical beverage. Gross. I don't want anything that's nutraceutical. Yeah, it doesn't sound great. But of course, we're, we, we constantly come back to this word, pretentious. He can't just be like, hey, man, it's just loaded with caffeine. It'll keep you up when you're like, get the like after lunch drag. It's a sizzling nutraceutical beverage. Yo, if you take my energy drink, it's going to be like a lightning bolt hit you from the sky like Zeus threw it down with his own hand. He's like, it hit you in the head <laughs> with a lightning bolt. It'll electrify your scrote, bro. Do you guys know about Scent of Action? No. Oh, right. that was another one of his products. Fucking right. Okay. Seagal yes. has marketed an aftershave called Scent of Action, and it is his own aftershave that smells like fucking action. Dude, what does that smell like? God, I wish we had bought that and been able to sample it before this show. Honestly, what is aftershave? Let me ask that question. Bernie fucking face juice. Our generation. I our put generation. It on today. Do you? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So when I shave. I guess I'm an old man. I get I have old spice aftershave. Yes. And it's in the old school like little off white bottle, but yay high, you pull the cap off. And when I get done shaving, I kinda dry up and then I put it on, you know, kinda splash it in your hand and then put it I use it on my neck and the sides, the sensitive areas. And the alcohol or whatever kind of septic it has in it kinda helps to close up your pores and Make your, your face nice and smooth. Man, you are the oldest 38-year-old on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> and if you use enough aftershave, it'll follow you the rest of the day. Where when you walk by, people are like, God damn, this guy <laughs> smells like Old Spice. I pretty much picture Randy on a horse right now, like the Old Spice commercials <laughs> riding around. That's well, fucking right. I'll own it. I'll take no, it. No, it's totally I, cool. I, I just, like, I had a, someone gave, like, I used Old Spice deodorant, body wash, and aftershave. I used the deodorant. It's I used the bad. deodorant. Yeah. yeah, It smells good. Yeah. yeah. No, I, it smells good. Wolf Thorn. They got some Oh, yeah. Stuff that new, their, quality, their new, man. like, yeah. uh, animal pack. Oh, yeah. But so I, what I don't get, I just don't understand, like, there is a, a value to aftershave that, like, 
our grandparents and, and our fathers used, but like most of our generation, except for, except for you, Randy. Uh, <laughs> like <laughs> You guys seriously don't use any kind of aftershaving no, product, no, any no, kind of face calmer, mo- moisturizer, no. nothing? No. no, not at all. Well, my wife's been all over me about moisturizing my face. And I just can't. I mean, I use like it, lotion aftershave. if I get, if my face gets dry yeah, or something like that. Feel that. Feel that. No, shave today. Feel no, we're, we're good. Oh. We're good. All right. It is smooth. I, I can see it. It's silky smooth. From it does hair. look like Steven Seagal uses moisturizer on his face. You know, actually, the side of his face kind of does have a Steven Seagal smoothness to it. Yeah. Look at it. Yeah. Go look at like shit. marked for death. I mean, that, shit. that was back in the 80s. Remember, nobody had stubble at all. Like if you had stubble, they're like, they like, look at this homeless guy. Yeah. I remember Tom Cruise is so fucking clean cut. And uh, what was the military movie? Top uh, Gun? No. No. The, you can't handle the uh, truth. Yeah. yeah. Was well, that? That's 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 military. You have to shake. What, what, what was that movie? That was uh, Two Good Men. Uh, few Good oh, Men. God, God. What yeah. a yeah. big blank I was drawing there. Okay. Thank no, you. No, but yeah, in the well, in the military, you have to shave. The only thing you can grow is a, is a mustache and pube hair and pubes. And pubes. You can grow yeah. pubes. They'll never check that. I don't think. Uh, but you can cut, do you tell. shave them in uh, the American flag? You know what I mean. That Everybody would actually cool. be pretty gnarly. You'd have don't to have ask, a, don't tell though. You'd have to have, like yeah. You'd have to have a pretty high ratio of pubes to a square inch. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, you can't get all 50 stars in there. You'd have to have like a, a, a Middle Eastern background, or just you know one of those real hairy. Yeah, backgrounds. you're like Armenian. Yeah, yeah, just coated with hair. Yeah, like Robin Williams could get it done. I think. Oh, absolutely. He could have done a good flag. R.I.P. Robin. Yeah. So he had his energy drink, he had his aftershave, and uh, when his musical career strangely didn't pan out, he moved on to that great cesspit for D-level stars, reality television. Oh yeah, the lawman. That's it. Oh yeah. From 2009 to 2014, he starred in two reality shows, Steven Seagal Lawman and True Justice. In Steven Seagal Lawman, he played the equivalent of one of those youth cadet weirdos from your high school. You know, like cop LARPing. Oh, man, it was fantastic. I actually went back and watched a couple of these episodes, and it is amazing. I've seen a couple episodes here and there, but the only one that was really notable was one in which Steven was involved in a raid on a person's house that resulted in the death of a puppy and 115 chickens. Oh, what? He got sued for this. Well, he should have been. Uh, Jesse Yovera, I believe that's how you pronounce it, was suspected of cockfighting. So Mr. Seagal, Sheriff Joe Arpaio, a camera crew, and a SWAT team turned up at his house with a tank. Sheriff Joe Aparo is, has been on multiple law enforcement shows. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah he's yeah. all over. Like, he's the a famous TV, name in yeah, that. Yeah, the TV that, law enforcement He's a deal. famous asshole. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, they turn up. He's not cool enough to be on one of our episodes, though. So we might run maybe some we'll yeah. sideshow or something. He's a butt fuck, man. So, anyways, yeah. So think about this. So they suspect this guy of cockfighting, and they show up to this guy's house with a SWAT team and a tank, some other armored vehicles, and a bomb robot. Wait what? a minute. Yes. Seagal Se- shows up on site with a tank, a tank to bust up a cockfighting ring. Yes, a tank. Some other armored vehicles and a bomb robot. I'm going to kill the fucking chickens and the house and everybody involved will just run all the shit over. Yeah, despite the fact that Jesus had no history of weapon ownership, was home alone, and was suspected of cockfighting rather than, like, (laughs) you know, making bombs or something, Steven Seagal and all those guys, they were allowed to drive a tank through the front wall of the man's home while the SWAT team smashed through his windows and moved in to arrest him. A puppy belonging to Jesus' children was killed during the raid, and the 115 chickens that Stephen and pals were there to rescue ended up being euthanized on the spot. What? Oh, wow. 
Yep. God, man. When asked for a comment by a local news station, Seagal said, animal cruelty is one of my pet peeves. Yeah, if you wipe out all the animals at the house. Yeah. Yeah. that's that's crazy. Yeah, and buddy, you watch the show. Oh man, it is great. All right, so I I, I went back and uh, they've got it on Amazon Prime right now, and I just went into season two. I was like, you know what? Maybe they had some kinks to work out in season one. In season two, I just went right the kink in. Kink was him. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> hey, don't kink shame. You know, but I love it. I mean, <laughs> it starts off great. It's like for twenty years, Steven Seagal has been a deputy in the Jefferson Parish Sheriff's Office, a job he's kept out of the limelight. Dot, they dot, said dot. 20 years? 20 Until years? Until now. Yeah, so what happened was he was back 20 years ago. He was called on to help teach them hand-to-hand combat and just how to protect yourself in very close quarters combat situations. Okay. And the police loved him so much. The chief loved him so much that they made him an honorary cop. An honorary cop. It's an honorary that cop. That seems like, like honorary the, doctorate. Yeah. Right. And actually, like, so I think the, Shaq's an honorary doctorate of some school. Yeah, that that's, that's, that, is the, that. that is the operative word. It really don't is. Don't fuck with me, man. Well, don't talk about my degree like that. According to Stephen, he graduated from somewhere in L.A. from some kind of cop training program. Uh-huh. I forget what it's called. It's like post or something like that. But they've gone back and tried to fact check it, and neither L.A. nor New Orleans will confirm that he actually graduated out of the program. So he lied again. Basically. So, uh, but no, he gets to travel around, and in the show, it is cops, but based in New Orleans, and Steven Seagal is the host of this of this show. And what I love about it is, in season two, at least in season two, the person that he's riding around with the whole time, his name is Johnny. All right. And, I mean, it's just Johnny. All We're right. back to Karate Kid. It's, it's we back to there the Karate go. Kid. All right. But I mean, I love it because in episode one, season two, they're dealing with a drunk driver right off the rip and he's driving on the wrong side of the road. And you hear Steve and he's like, he's on the wrong side of the road, Johnny. This isn't good at all, Johnny. <laughs> like, oh and I mean, just immediately that car just crashes into another SUV going down the side of the road. Oh, man. So that it kind of spirals into this little episode of them trying to get the drunk driver out of the car. Yeah. And the car's just crumpled. All right. And a cop comes up to the passenger side tr- trying to open up the door. He can't get it open. This door, there's no way this fucking door's getting open. <laughs> the cop pulls out an asbaton and starts smacking the side window of yeah. it. And it doesn't break after like three attempts on it. And Did you Steven say- Seagal is sitting on the side and he goes, should I just kick in the window? <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. And sure enough, man, he just fucking kicks in the window and they try to unlock the door. And man, this thing ain't coming open without at least the jaws of life. Right. So then it just cut scenes to them opening up the door with the jaws yeah. of life. And the guy's sitting there with glass all over him. So why'd you get glass yeah. all over me, Steven Seagal? Seagal's, oh, like, Seagal's like, we could either use the jaws of life or the foot of death. <laughs> <laughs> And, I mean, and it's just, I mean, this dude is fucking wasted in the driver's seat. Yeah. You know, Can you imagine course, that? You get fucked up, get a DUI. It's already bad enough. Then Steven Seagal tries to kick your fucking windshield. <laughs> yeah, you get smashed in a car wreck and you're all delirious. You wake up and Steven Seagal's <laughs> kicking in the window of the driver. You're like, yeah. what? God what is going on? Yeah. The story, are you okay? You're like, oh, yeah, I'm all right, but fucking remember that guy from Under Siege? <laughs> he was, uh, <laughs> he was the guy that was there. But what was also ironic about the show was that Steven Seagal would get into character with these yeah. people. So, like, you know, he's talking to this is a bunch of people in New Orleans, you know, so they're going into the predominantly poor black areas uh-huh. of this show. And a couple of the quotes that he has, he's like talking to some of the people that were in the middle of a crime or, you know, like caught up in the middle of a crime. Right. And he's like, how many years you was in prison? 
You know, like oh, definitely yeah. like altercating his slang. I was about to say, I'm surprised. Yeah, he's trying to drop the Cajun slang. That's what he's oh, trying to do. Oh, me. How many years you been into prison, boy? And like there was one where like these ladies were like, he was shooting at me. Then I was in my car and they were all shooting at me. And he, he straight up says, Lord of mercy. Like <laughs> straight up. I can't believe he's Italian, Jamaican, and Japanese like, at the same time. Straight up. Here's all another right. good quote from Steven Seagal. I'm hoping that I can be known as a great writer, an actor someday, rather than a sex symbol. That's right. Yes, I remember reading that one, and you're like, this guy, is, he's, he's the Michael Scott of martial arts. Oh, <laughs> no really self-awareness whatsoever. So one of the greatest things that I saw in watching the show is that there's a situation where these guys are trying to get pulled over for making an illegal turn. And the cops try to pull them over and they just keep on going. So they've got the chopper above. They've got, you know, Seagal right behind them. They finally get these guys pulled over. And it was really just the guys were fleeing because they were scared. Right. There was nothing going on. And, you know, Stevenson, they're like, if you just would have pulled over, we would have let you go with a warning. Bullshit. But now we've got to arrest you. So I don't know how it transpired, but basically the guy was like, let me just call my mom real quick. This let me call my mom. So uh-huh. it sh- it pans over to Steven Seagal holding a cell phone up to the guy's ear. Ah, uh, and the guy bounty hunter style. Like yeah, exactly. And the guy goes, "You want to smoke, bro?" Yeah. <laughs> and the guy goes, "Steven Seagal got me, bro." <laughs> like, uh, oh, wow. <laughs> like, he booed me good. <laughs> hey, I'll pay you fifty dollars, and when you call this guy to say Steven Seagal got me, bro, it is. It does sound like something he would. Yeah. Yep. Like yeah, that's exactly what it was. And I mean. The majority of the show was them arresting people. They would have cutscenes to Steven Seagal teaching police officers how to wield samurai swords. Oh, yes. That's and this is nice. practical. Uh, 100%. And he would be like, sometimes you've got to go into a room where you only have two seconds to respond. And if you have a samurai sword, that is the best weapon you could have yeah. against your opponent. He said, no, put your not. pistol away. Yeah. <laughs> put yeah, your, no, it's put, not. Put that piece of technology that is years beyond a sword and go back to that. One of the scenes that shows him smack what's supposed to be a gun out of a guy's hand, turn around and just cut the guy's Achilles. And uh, he's like, that's nice. me saying you get to live. Oh, nice. Nice man. line. This show is just full of just amazing content. I highly recommend you go out there and watch it. It's probably going to turn into one of my new favorite series. It's like the, <laughs> the viewing equivalent of a hate fuck. I think you know what I mean it's like like really what he's trying to do is like he's trying to turn cops into his Emmy performance oh yeah you know and uh, it's overly dramatized oh yeah it's it's Steven Seagal of course it is of course it is and you know the sad thing too is like I imagine the day he showed up and like a lot of those cops in whatever parish he was at in Louisiana were like Oh, fuck yeah, bro. Steven Seagal's here, man. Whereas, like, I imagine if he showed up to my job, I'd be like, oh, shit. What is this guy <laughs> Oh, there was here? plenty of guys that were like that, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. You know, but in the in the title lines of it, you know, where he's talking about the montage in the, in the beginning of it, one of the lines is, I make my living making movies, but I'm also a cop. My name's Steven Seagal. That's right. Steven Seagal. Oh, and he's not a the, real cop. The double How many times have to say this? You're not, a real, not a real fucking cop. You dickhole. God almighty. All right. Uh, let's also get to the, what he was doing behind the scenes during this. Uh Oh, it was about this time that the old uh, sexual trickster Seagal also allegedly hired an assistant named Caden Wynn and attempted to hold her along with two other unnamed Russian girls 
hostage for sexual gratification rather than as, you know, an actual production assistant. Season three got delayed for a good amount of time. I want to say almost two years because of the sexual trafficking Mm -hmm. and sexual allegation charges that were brought up against. Oh, wow. Again, allegations. Allegations. If we pay them and it never goes to court, it's just allegations. So there it is, dudes. That's Steven Seagal. Well, uh, have you talked about his different citizenships? I didn't talk about that, but you're more than welcome to. So he's got American citizenship, Serbian citizenship, and Russian citizenship. That's right. That's correct. And the Serbian, you know, from what I know about it, obviously was very high level, but it was more of like a... He wrote some good stuff about us, and he said some good stuff about us, so we'll give him some citizenship. Yeah. And on the Russian level, he's... Super tight with Putin. Yeah. well, Super tight, but yeah. Putin's also distanced himself from him. Exactly. They said Putin has distanced himself from Seagal. Official office says that... I wouldn't necessarily say that Vladimir is a huge fan, but he's definitely seen some of the movies. So he wouldn't really own the fact that he's boys with Steven Seagal, especially with that creature growing on his face yeah that goatee was is, is i mean that is one of the worst goatees i've ever seen and he definitely became like a super old pervert as he I, got older i it just i think he was always a pervert nice all right so yeah there it is that's steven seagal nicely done nicely done mikey all, all right. right so what i'll say on this for a final score i came in at a 5.2 and we assume here on asshole court that the average person is at a three or four. I'll say that he's an all right dude from the sense of like he's very motivated. He's very driven, very disciplined to an extent. He is a martial arts expert, but he has some horrible tendencies, especially once we're getting directed towards women. Mm-hmm. And just an overall douchebag, what it sounds like from everybody that's worked with him. He can't ever lose on screen. He always has to be the victor. And at some point, while you're working in movies and stuff like that, you've got to be able to play both sides. Mm -hmm. You can't just be the guy that is always the hero without getting punched once all the time. So that combined with the fact that he has probably raped a number of girls or at least caused them to be validated in sexual harassment suits. Mm -hmm. I'm going to bump this guy up to a 6.5. All right, buddy, in with a 6.5. Randy, what you got? All right, so what I've learned today is that, one, he's lied a lot more than I had known about yeah. with the whole police thing and Compulsive a lot of liar. some of the background stuff, and obviously throws a huge negative for me and always will as any kind of abuse towards women. That's bullshit. That's uh, intolerable in my world. And also, you take into account the shitty music that he put out, it's hard to listen to, and it's really weird. It's very bluesy, and I, like I said, his guitar playing is pretty good, but then he goes off on these weird reggae songs. It's just all over the place, and it's just a guy that it sounds like had enough money to put out albums. Oh, it's 100 uh, And it was it money in a name that, uh, you know. But anyway, like Mikey said, the guy's as good as your uncle playing at Dickie Sports Bar on Saturday night. So uh, with all that in mind, my initial score is a 4.5. I'm going to absolutely up him. Three three to four is a normal guy. He was a little bit higher than a normal guy, but after all the evidence, I'm going up to a 5.5. Randy with a 5.5? I wish I could score him with just a word, and that word would be repulsive. <laughs> nice. I don't, there's nothing that I despise more than a liar, and 
a liar that's also some sort of like uber tough guy that can never like show any side of weakness or whatever. It's just lame. I just, everything about this guy is, he's just, if this was douchebag court, man, he would be the equivalent of Hitler. But it's not. It's asshole court, and he didn't kill anybody. Much to his chagrin, I imagine. I, I bet he wishes that he could say that he killed like 20 people. No matter how many people he's killed on screen. Yes. He has not killed anybody off. Odds are he hasn't killed anybody. And also the sexual assaults and the rapes, that bumps him up big time. So I had him at a 5.0, but I am going to... I'm going to bump him to a 6. And the thing thing with him too is he's like that guy you met when you're like 18 years old everybody knows this guy he just tells like extravagant lies all the time and uh won't stop but he never like progressed past that he's like an 18 year old nerd wannabe cop kung fu guy we all know that but now he's like 60 years old and so he just sucks all right so final scores 5.5 from hot rod randy 6.5 from buddy and a 6.0 from Mikey brings us to an overall asshole score of 6.0 for Steven Seagal. There you go. Nice. We uh, definitely hope you enjoyed listening. Tell us what you think about it on any platform that you listen to in the comments section. We always love to hear from you, depending on what you have to say. This has been another episode of Asshole Court. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the show. If you want to hear more of Asshole Court, find us anywhere you download your favorite podcast. Give us a good rating on your favorite platform. It really does help. You'll definitely want to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at AHC Podcast. We'd love to hear from you, depending on what you have to say. So until next time, remember the golden rule. Don't be an asshole, or you might find yourself on Asshole Court.